Good morning, Donna. Give me Central Louisiana. Uh, just to give you an update on your area. <laughs> Driving up here, uh, you know, everyone talks about the economic uh, crises that the world seems to be in. But Central Louisiana is still building and booming and doing just fine. And I believe that's, that's God's uh, way of saying, don't look to what the naysayers are saying, but look to what he's doing. He mm -hmm. said that there would be an economic boom in Central Louisiana and a move of God. And, uh, and if you're from here, you may not notice it as much as Joanne, who comes every other week, uh -huh. and is looking particularly for the signs of God. Yes, I d and I do. Yeah, I look, and it's I'm just uh, I even have been looking at some of the different churches. I know you've got one right here down the road mm -hmm. here that's building. I think it's a family center or mm -hmm. something they're building and uh, doing good next to the high school up there. I don't know what they're getting ready. Junior to. high. All right. See, so there's there's a need for it. Evidently, they wouldn't be yes. putting it there. Uh, a long time. So your area is growing. The community is growing, and. Um, I heard a preacher say one time uh, that where, wherever life is preached, life comes forth. Mm. And uh, so babies are born, children come around, and, and you always look for kids, young people, and there's life in that place. You've got a, you got a, a, a place where you have a lot of uh, people that are just slowly dying out, and there's no young people coming in there, then just start, start proclaiming the Word of God in those places. Let me just say something to you about that. Uh, we tend to say what we see in the natural, and learning to say what God has said is so important. In Habakkuk 2, uh, starting with verse 1, it says this. It says, I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. It says, I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me, what he, to see what he will speak to me. Whatever God's word says, we have to continue look to see. And so God has said some things about this area. He has said some things about you and your life, the destiny of your children, your grandchildren, and so on and so forth. And even though things don't look that way with your natural eye, you have to continue to say what God said because you're going to see what he said. You have to look to see what he said. So when someone tells me something, I'm always looking for signs of it somewhere, you know, um, Donna just told me about the new Papa John's, so that, that they're getting free advertisement this morning. Uh, now, so I'm going to be looking for it because she's already told me it's here. Now, uh, yesterday I made a... a not here in Grant Parish, but in, in, in Red, uh, Red Peach. But I went to, uh, I drove to a little area because someone had told me about a, a store. And uh, so as I was driving that street, I'm looking to see what they told me. This, that's so important, and that's very powerful when you start thinking about it. They told me the name of the store, and they told me where it was located. So I, as I'm driving, I have it to slow down a little bit, and it might make some of the people irritable that's riding behind me. You know, with the things of God, sometimes it makes people irritable that are uh, riding behind you on your walk with the Lord because you are trying to see what God has said. That means that you're trying to understand you're trying to, to uh, encompass that. You're trying to grab hold to it. You're also doing what the scripture says you're beholding. So don't, don't let other people uh, impede your progress by trying to make you speed up. Mm -hmm. when you, sometimes we need to slow down so we can see what God has said. So we can pay attention. 
attention. Exactly. And then he says, in Habakkuk 2, he says, and he says, and not only will I see what he will speak to me, but how I may reply when I am reproved. When, you know, oftentimes with God, we are, have been trained so well that God is a punisher. When he uses words like reprove or discipline or chastise, uh, God is not uh, trying to punish you. You know, when I put uh, oil in my car or I take it in for a service run, I'm, most people have cars now where the little light comes on that says, check engine. <laughs> so you take it into the dealership, and, and really all that means is that you've gone a certain amount of miles, and it's time to, to check some things because by their experience, they know after so many miles, there are certain things that need to be changed. And so you take your car in, and they look it over and tell you some things that you might take a look at. You may have a belt that's starting to wear thin, or you might uh, need to change your transmission fluid or something like that. That's called discipline. <laughs> mm. That's called chastening. That's even called reproving. Reproving would be if you got uh, uh, use an extension on your uh, safety, on your, um, what do you call it, your seat belt. That's not uh, approved by the uh, transportation department. You use a rubber band instead of something else. So you need to change that and use what's correct. That's called reproving. Mm -hmm. And so though that's not, no one's punishing you. Sometimes we get delayed in what we're doing because of being chastened or being disciplined or being reproved. But that is just making a correction or an adjustment in our journey. And so if I had been going yesterday and driving down that street, and I had made a turn that I should not have made, I would have had to have turned around. I would have had to make an adjustment in my journey. Uh, I would have had to, uh, or if I had gone, been going too fast for the area, I would have seen a sign that said school zone, 20 miles an hour instead of the 35 I was doing. That sign is reproving me. That sign is putting me back into adjustment of where I'm supposed to be. So if we don't look at, at the things of God as a way of saying you didn't do it right, so you're a bad kid, go tap time out today. That's not what God is all about. He wants us to see what is he saying. So then the Lord answered me and said, verse 2, he says, record the vision. Inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. It says now he's telling you what to do. Record the vision, inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. I used to carry with me in, a, in my car, uh, I probably still need to do this. When I first moved to Louisiana, I was more than directionally challenged. I couldn't go across the street without a map. Uh, directions that are given in this area are not what I've been accustomed to. Uh, people have... Uh, uh, what do you call those deal, Those deals? Um, GPS. Not GPS. It's for GPS. They have um, not signposts. What's the word I want? Uh, I can't think of it now. But they they don't give you street names. Uh, landmarks. They go by landmarks. They'll say, well, you, when you get to the, the little church there, uh, go two more blocks and then turn left, and then uh, there's a burger joint there, and then mm -hmm. you turn. And that's how people would give me directions. Well, I, I needed a street <laughs> name, and then I found that you get to some of these streets that would, they would give you a name to it, and the street sign wouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. And so it was very difficult for me to get around. So uh, people were always drawing me maps. I'm, I still got the map that uh, uh, 
was drawn for me just to go to Payless Shoe Store on Bolton Avenue, <laughs> you know, and I still use that map, believe it or not. <laughs> so uh, what happens is that when God says something, when you write it down, that's your map. Amen. These things sound funny, I'm telling you, but they are very practical and very simple. When, when God says something to you, write it down. Write it down. You say, well, well, why? I remember it. No, you won't. I promise you, you won't. I'm learning that. Yeah. I keep thinking I'm going to remember it. And you won't. And sometimes the scripture does come to me. Write it down. Make it blank. Uh-huh. But, it saves a lot of trouble. Right. We would just do what we're supposed to do. And I'm talking to me. Well, we, now God's not going to punish you because you didn't write it down. I uh, just get to turn around. You get to turn up. You get mm-hmm. reproved. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to get to go back and do it again. Uh, and then... You can keep doing it over and over again until you remember, or you can simply write it down, mm-hmm. and then you can call it forth when you need it. Uh, and so even if you have a dream at night or you wake up in the middle of the night and God says something to you, you say, well, oh, I'm so sleepy. i got an early day in the morning. You know, when God speaks to us, it's more important than anything else that happens. Mm-hmm. So if you could learn to keep a pad of paper and a pen by the side of your bed or a little recorder and even if you have to scribble something, just uh, write down the key words that you heard and go on back to sleep. In the morning when you get up, those key words will trigger the rest of it. I have found many times that when I didn't think I remembered a dream or something, I would sit down and start writing it, and before I knew it, a, a dream that happened in a couple minutes takes me about 20 minutes to write out all the details, and they keep coming and coming and coming. And so he says to write it down, record it. It means to either write it on tablets or to record it uh, some kind of way so it can be played back again. And then he says that the one who reads it may run, which tells me that what he speaks to you or to me isn't just for me or just for you. Anyone who reads it can run with it. If they can see what God is saying, they can run with it. They can go. They can move hastily with what God says. We don't move very well with what others say, but we can move with what God says, even when he speaks using others as messengers to say so. When I found my destination yesterday, where someone had told me where to go, when I saw the building, I was then quickly able to turn into the parking lot. Uh, If I had driven past it, I would have had to have turned around. Sometimes we see things going past it. Sometimes we see what God is saying going past. And we think it's too late. Mm-hmm. No, like Donna said, turn around, come back to it. God will wait on you. Sometimes we don't think God will wait on us. God will wait. We have no idea how long it means from God says he strives with us or he waits. We have no concept of God's time. We only know time by our watches and our calendars. And so one day seems like a lot to us, but it's like a thousand years to the Lord. And so I don't know how long God will wait, and I don't know how long he won't wait. So I don't take a chance. Mm-hmm. So I learned as I get older, just go ahead and turn around and uh, go back. And if I'm too late, then I'm just too late. But I don't think I'm ever too late when I'm moving toward God. I, did I just, can I say that to you again? I don't think it's ever too late when you're moving toward God. You don't waste a thing. You don't ever waste time. Verse 3 says, for the vision is yet for the appointed time. It is yet for the appointed time. So when God tells us something and we see it, 
he tells us what we're to see and he even tells us what we're to do but sometimes he doesn't tell us when it will come but yet it does have a time that it's appointed for you know um as you get older you begin to realize that there's some things that god has said to us that he has no intention of us enjoying it i'm gonna say it to you again there's some things that god says to us that he has no intention of us enjoying it our job is to get it here so our kids can enjoy it Amen. when i, I was uh, driving through uh, this morning i was realizing yesterday my son turned 41 mm. and uh i think a lot of times in in uh uh, times of numbers so i thought wow that's a that's a five year for him uh which that's god's grace i said okay this is going to be this is a year for him this is going to be a good year uh for him and i'm thinking about all that and i'm thinking about the things that that uh he's grown up with and all that and what things that god's been saying to me i realized are going to be fulfilled uh in his life mm-hmm. and probably in the life lives of my grandsons and i finally have a great granddaughter mm-hmm. by the way so um, it's not always for us. So it's important that we write things down. So whoever reads it, I've often thought, what will it be like when I pass away and my son or grandchildren are come and they clean my stuff out and they find all my writings, mm-hmm. all the different prophecies that God had given to the body of Christ in my lifetime. And what will that do for them? Uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's something to think about your life when you're not here. Um, we don't like to think about that sometimes. It's a little different and strange, but as you get older, it's easier to think that way. When you're younger, you don't want to think that way. But it's easy for me to think that way now. I, I don't think about my life in terms of what I get to do, get to have, and keep. I think much now about the life that I have as a seed that's planted so that things can grow in the lives of those that are going to be here after I'm gone. And so it's very important that I follow the rules. Can I say it to you again? It's very important that I follow the rules. Because uh, it's not just about us. It's not. When I look in the government many times, and, and we can. it's very easy for us to, to blame the president or blame the councilmen or blame the senators and all that. And, you know, we forget sometimes that they inherited all that junk. Mm-hmm. They, 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 you know, you move one man out of office and put another one in office, and, this, and the, the stuff that, that they get is the same stuff that the person that had it before them, and then they get to add more stuff to it. doesn't say that they're good or bad or, or they couldn't be better, and I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that some of the problems that they have, they make promises to you in campaigns that they know they can't keep, and you know they can't keep them either because they didn't, uh, they didn't create those problems, just like... Uh, uh, President Obama came into office during the, the time of the Iraqian war. He didn't start that war. Uh, nonetheless, you know, he inherited that responsibility, and now he has to go through and make some decisions based upon other decisions that have already been made. And what we don't understand a lot of times about government, the same thing is about God's government, is that you just can't take a law, tear it up, throw it in the trash, start again. There's a process. As due process of the law. And the same thing it is with God's word. You just can't come in and decide to take out a page of the Bible and say, well, that didn't work good, so we're just going to tear that up, and that doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. The vision is yet for an appointed time. It says it hastens toward the goal, and it will not fail. The vision, and this is, this is really cool. It doesn't say you hasten toward the goal. 
All you need to do is see what he will say and decide how you're going to respond when you are reproved. You're going to record the vision. You're going to write it down so that you, you will read it and run with it. But the vision has a job too. The, it says the vision will hasten toward the goal and it will not fail. So the vision knows that, uh, what it's supposed to do. Mm. See, it's um, uh, just like um, when the water overflows a bank. The only reason why it overflows a bank because it expects a bank to be there. <laughs> Otherwise, it wouldn't overflow. It rises and it expects something to stop it. It is expecting something to stop it. It only does what, what it's supposed to do. It rises. Uh, nature does what it's supposed to do and it expects uh, something else to be there. But we counteract these things by the word of God. You know, when, when Jesus uh, cursed a fig tree, he didn't curse all fig trees. Mm -hmm. That tree was not supposed to bring forth any fruit because it was not in its season. But when Jesus required it, it was supposed to do what Jesus required, not what it required, not what it normally does. And so the vision hastens towards goal. It moves toward it because we begin to speak that word. We begin to look for it. And it energizes it, and it begins to move. And then it says, it will not fail. Now, how much clearer can we be? It will not fail. Yeah. It has an appointed time, and when that appointed time is there, it will be there. Now, how do you know when the appointed time? You ask God, and, and hopefully he'll tell you, and maybe he won't. <laughs> yeah. what you, your, your job isn't to try to figure out when it's going to come. Your job is to believe. And if it shows up in uh, a week, that's great. If it shows up in another generation, that's fine too. Because when you go to Hebrews 11, it says something else. Let's go there. Uh, hold your place there and um, where you are. But go to uh, Hebrews 11. And let's go to uh, my favorite scripture I've been looking at for so long. Verse... Uh, 39 and it tells you about all these uh, go, going through the whole book it tells you about all the great things that they did and it says in uh, verse 39 it says and these all having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be, be made perfect but some of them it says that um, in verse 35 it said, women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. You see, there, there were many, they almost like they gave themselves in faith, not to the afflictions, but they gave themselves to the vision. And in, the vi in giving themselves to the vision, they had to endure the afflictions. The same thing it says in Hebrews 12, 2, that Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. And so the cross was not his, his goal. It was uh, on, in process. It was in route to the goal. It was the cross is necessary. He had to go to the cross, but he's not on the cross. He's done with the cross. Uh, the uh, people in the scriptures, they, they speak about in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, they weren't looking, moving toward the afflictions. They weren't looking toward being martyrs. They weren't looking toward being sawn into, as, as one of the verses here says. They didn't look to wander around in sheepskins and goatskin and being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. They weren't looking for that, but they endured it because they saw something greater. They saw the vision. They wrote it. 
down. They were inscribed on the tables of their hearts. When God has spoken something to us, we must allow it to be written in our hearts and be willing to go through whatever it takes to get to the goal. The goal is not the sufferings. The goal is not the afflictions. The goals are not the challenges or what I call bumpers in the road. That's not the goal. But those are going to be there before you get to it. Mm -hmm. He says, even though the, the vision may tarry, he says, wait for it. Hold on to it. For it will certainly come and it will not delay. It will certainly come and it will not delay. So we have a promise God says to us, he says, I'm giving you a land that's flowing with milk and honey. The uh, children of Israel reached the, the promised land. The uh, spies go over. They check it out. They, they find that everything that God said was true. But they ran to some bumpers in the road. And they let the bumpers in the road become their goal. Their goal became became on how to avoid the bumpers in the road. Let me say something to you, saints. You will not ever be able to get to the goal without the bumpers. Mm -hmm. They're always going to be there. Uh, am I talking negatively? No, I'm talking encouragingly. If you know they're going to be there, then you can plan for them. Yeah. We can. You say, well, how, how do I plan for them? The only way you can plan for a bumper in the road, because you don't know what that bumper is going to be, the Bible says in the book of Luke, it says when a man sits down and when he goes to build a house, he sits down and he counts the cost to see if he's going to have enough to finish. Enough what? Enough commitment. Mm -hmm. You see, I don't know the bumpers in the road yet ahead of me, but I have a goal. And it doesn't make any difference with, with those bumpers in the road. I'm committed to the goal, not to the bumpers. Mm -hmm. The bumpers have control of you as long as you're committed to them. If you... If you are going to be stopped because of the afflictions, because of the challenges, because of the mundane things of life that crop up and say, well, uh, are, you know, because one of our biggest uh, enemies of faith is time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, it's not happening fast enough for us. And so if that's going to stop me, then I don't see what God said. Mm -hmm. I'm only seeing the bumpers. And sometimes the bumpers can be so big and so overwhelming that for a moment you can forget about what God said. That's why you write it down. You and pull it out. Of it. That's right. And let others remind you, because when others can read it, they can run with you with toward it. Um, it is so easy to get caught up in what is bad that's happening, the, the negative things. But it doesn't work that way. If you stay there with the bad things, the bad things will continue to happen. One day you wake up and 20 or 30 years have passed by and you realize that you have been encumbered with the wrong goal. Mm -hmm. You've been messing with the wrong vision. The, 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 and it's still there. Though it tarry, wait for it. Still move toward it. Even if it's for your children to enjoy it or to inherit it, do like David did with Solomon. Store up for them so they can build. David stored up so Solomon could build the temp temple. God did not want David to build it, but God let David store up. He'd store up resources. What kind of resources do we have for the next generation to be able to carry through the affliction, the uh, uh, problems, the bumpers in the road that are going to come to yet get to the goal? 
you know, uh, God has said that there is to be a revival in central Louisiana. And you say, well, you know, God said that a long time ago, and we, we don't see anything happening, and in some ways it's getting worse. Well, you know, it always does get the darker before the dawn. And, uh, but that doesn't mean that God didn't say it. If you can continue to see what God said and continue to say what you see, then you will walk into what God is doing. It may not be that you will walk into the fullness of it, but do we want uh, to get it just for ourselves and not for our children? I'd rather go on and, ne and never touch it, but yes, see my kids get it because they should not have to go around the same mountain that I've gone around. Uh, I'm sure that Moses did not want his children on the backside of the same mountain that he was called from with the burning bush. Everybody doesn't need a burning bush experience. If we have to have a burning bush experience in order to get out from where we are, we don't know God very well. God required it for, for Moses, but why does he require it for you? Can I say it again? You know, the only reason why God uh, even went after Moses, because uh, he, he could have left Moses alone. But people begin to cry out for Moses' destiny. The Bible tells me, it says that, that uh, God told Moses, says he, the crowd of people came up to him and he went and got Moses. So whatever Moses was ordained to do was brought forth by the cry of God's people. And so if you've not seen revival yet, you haven't, maybe you haven't cried out. You maybe haven't cried out for the deliverer. Maybe, maybe the ones who are supposed to be in place yet uh, have not been able to rise up because they're on the backside of a mountain like Moses was. Or do we not cry out because we are afraid the Lord will use us to do it? Well, and probably we, so. You know, we want to go the path of least resistance. We want to have the Lord to use somebody else. Yeah, and that's why the Word reproves us. Yes. <laughs> so exactly. we can turn around. And if, and if you have felt that, because a lot of that comes because of fear it's a lot that comes because of not understanding who you are in fact i would say all of it comes because you don't understand who you are um we let other people determine who we are we let somebody else's opinion is better than our own mm -hmm. determine who we are yeah and we have to stop that uh ask yourself the question uh when you sit down and make a list about all the characteristics that you found about yourself then go back and make another list beside it and say now who said that Oh, Uncle Joe said that. Okay, who said that? Oh, Aunt Mary said that. Okay, who said, oh, God said that. Oh, okay, we'll keep that one. Let's keep on down the list. Mm -hmm. And if the, all the ones that are there that some person said. Or they, whoever they. They are. <laughs> then uh, scratch those out and go back and say, okay, now God, who do you say that I am? And go through the scriptures and find out who God says that you are. Mm -hmm. just, just as a child of God. And begin to partake with him with his word on who he says you are. So that when you stand on your post and you see what God is saying, you can have confidence of knowing that, yes, he did speak to you. And he considers you valuable. He considers each one of us valuable. The word of God is valuable. And God does not store his word in something that is not valuable. Amen. So stand on, on your rampart. Look to see what God is saying. Write it down, record it, rescribe it on tablets, on the tables of your heart, so that anyone that reads it will run. Even though the vision is yet for an appointed time, remember this, the vision continues to move toward its goal. You're the goal, and it will not fail. And though it tarry, he says, wait for it. It will certainly come, and it will not delay. So 
Faith is now. Faith is the substance. Faith is the understanding of what you hope for. Faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. But I tell you, according to the word of God, it can be seen and it will be seen if we will stand our guard, if we will stand our watch, if we will not give up, if we will not give in, but we will definitely give ourselves over to what God has said. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for the word. I thank you, Father, that Habakkuk 2 will become a reality in our lives. I thank you that you will bring understanding so that the enemy cannot steal this word of the kingdom from our hearts. In your precious name, amen.